I don't care how committed you are. I don't care how great you are. With some people around you, you will go nowhere. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. You can't lead a team that's not committed. What truly separates teams today is how much they buy into the mission and their willingness to invest their own personal discretionary effort making that happen. You're going to love the mindset today from my guest, Ivan Tornos, who is CEO and president of the orthopedics giant Zimmer Biomed. He is working to transform the company and an entire industry. Now, if you're not familiar with Zimmer Biomed, they're a 96-year-old company and they're 125 countries with a mission to alleviate pain and improve the quality of life around the world. You're going to discover Ivan's actionable strategies, real-life stories, and leadership secrets that can transform your team's dedication and propel your organization to the next level. Now, Ivan has over 30 years of experience in medtech, including working for organizations that you probably know like Medtronic, Baxter, and Johnson & Johnson. He's got MBAs from the Wharton School and the University of Miami and an undergraduate degree from the University of Georgia. We're also diving into the leadership trait that Ivan most admires how to find great mentors and sponsors, a very funny and engaging story about his first job cleaning tanning beds and what it taught him about leadership. You're going to be surprised by that. And his three C's that he leads by in a twist in his career that accelerated his growth. Let's dig in. Ivana, welcome to Lead the Team, sir. Great, Great to be here, Ben. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're going to have... A good one. Let's start this off with what trait in leadership do you admire most and why? Well, a lot, uh, I look onto mine, but uh, I'll tell you, character, uh, ethics, integrity, point number one. And for extra credit, I'll say uh, courage. And hmm. allow me to throw in there a third one, compassion. So character, integrity, courage, and compassion. The why? Look, we live in a world where these traits are becoming more and more scarce, uh, hmm. very limited. With our ethics, with our courage, we are doomed. Uh, integrity and ethics are going to shape and influence who we are, how we lead, uh, the next generation of leaders. They are culture builders. As you know, culture, that's it, a strategy for lunch, breakfast, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. uh, with our courage, there is no innovation. And without innovation, you're not solving problems. And then as far as compassion, hey, you know what? Being vulnerable, showing that you have weaknesses is a great way to live from the front. It's a great way to make the world a better place. Mm. And so imagine that you come in tomorrow and your team at Zimmer Biomet suddenly exemplifies these specific traits. How does the office look different? Well, I tell you, I, I believe we already are. We're a very purpose-centric company. We're a very ethical company. We have best-in-class uh, people when it comes to character. So I would say that's already happening. That's why our engagement scores are high. That's why our turnover is low. That's why we have the culture that we have here. So I, I do think that's already happening. Uh, what does that mean to me as the presidency of the company? I get to do, I get to do what, I, what I do best, uh, which is to allow the people to lead. I mean, stay out of the way. So I love mm -hmm. the culture we got. I love the people we got. And I do think we have these traits already well exemplified here at Zimmer Biomed. Mm. And so... 
you guys, you you got to Zimmer Biomet several years ago and kind of and, and rose up through the ranks. You were most recently, I believe, COO, and then promoted into the CEO role. What does it take to climb the ladder inside a company to the C-suite? Yeah, well, I'll say it starts with having great mentors and great sponsors. Um, obviously, you got to deliver results. Obviously, you got to get development. You got to get the proper training. You got to be flexible. If you look at my resume, I've moved all over the earth. I've been in different roles. But I want to get back to uh, mentorship and sponsorship. Be surrounded by people that show you their way. That's a mentor. Uh, be surrounded by sponsors, people that will clear the way for you. People that will give you the exposure, the chance to do something bigger, better, bolder within the company. Mm -hmm. So again, results, integrity, flexibility, all of those are table stakes. But uh, my career has been what it has been because I've been surrounded by great uh, mentors and, and amazing sponsors. Along the way, I work with great teams. I never, ever uh, wanted to work with people that were not better than me. I'm proud to say that my direct reports today are better than me. And I'm proud to say that along the way, I always run it myself with people that were better than me. So in one word, people. So thinking about early in your career, think about mentors and sponsors. You might have leaders out there now who are like, you know what? Uh, I don't have a lot of great mentors in my career. I don't have yeah. a lot of sponsors. If I can think of a single one, what's your advice for them if they don't have these in their career? For them taking the first step to to start and to attract some, yeah, uh, yeah, great question, Ben. Look, it starts with uh, self reflection. You know, what do I need to do better? You know, what are gaps that I have? And then uh, pay attention to uh, who models that behavior, that trait, or that competency. And it can be from a behavior standpoint. It can be from a competency standpoint. Mm -hmm. So, in my case, coming into the U.S., uh, it was all about learning a new system. It's about learning how we engage here in business practices. So I had a flurry of mentors that, that will teach me um, that behavioral skill, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. As I progress in my career, I'm a finance economics guy. I got into sales without knowing anything about sales. Mm -hmm. I surrounded myself with people that uh, knew how to sell. The importance of uh, engaging in an open dialogue discussion around the need that the customer has and then solve that need uh, with the features and benefits of the product. Then I got into manufacturing, running plants uh, all over Earth. Mm. I had no idea what manufacturing was all about. I had a great mentor back in the day that taught me what, uh, what you do in manufacturing, the importance of data centricity, the importance of discipline, process, systems, and I can go on and on and on. But the short answer is start with self-reflection. What are your gaps? And then find somebody who simplifies uh, how to remediate those gaps. And then have yeah, the courage to point. ask. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, no, have, no, I was going to say, have the courage to ask. You know, sometimes we, we're afraid to go to somebody and say, hey, Ben, I've noticed that you're amazing at doing X, Y, Z. I'd love for you to help me out. Most of us will say, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. Because I think most people in their career, mentors kind of open because it is, is it all happenstance. And sometimes it's nice to have that kind of serendipity, but it sounds like you've taken a much more proactive orchestrated step towards mentors and sponsors, which is one, identify the gaps, which I mean, it's, I think a lot of people don't want to, don't, don't always want to face the music when it comes to that. 
and then identify people to help you in those areas. And then the third piece, which is probably the hardest piece for a lot of people, uh, is to go out and ask. Hold on. And I mean, have you ever asked somebody to be your mentor? And they're like, no, I don't have time for um, that. I cannot think of anyone right now. Uh, I'm sure that mm -hmm. I've had people who say yes. The follow-up was not there. Yeah. But I mean, the beauty of having mentors uh, or engaging in a mentorship relationship is that you got plenty of choices. If Ben say yes, <laughs> then Ben doesn't help you out. Then you move on to Mary, Susan, Jack, Joe. And we got 8 billion people on earth and plenty of mentors for you and I to have. <laughs> so matter of fact, it's true, right? Keep moving down the line. And it sounds like you take this pretty seriously. Um, I do. What, and and, and yeah. I love the, the fact that you use the word practice. Because I think uh, a lot of people think that this is something reactive or something disorganized. Uh, you need to treat these engagements with a lot of rigor, with mm. a lot of discipline. Uh, and tracking, is the mentorship working? What am I gaining out of these relationships? Mm. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. And so what are the areas that you are looking for mentorship and sponsorship right now for yourself? What a, a great question. Point. So I love the fact that you highlighted the fact that even though uh, I do have a pretty fancy title, President C of a Fortune 500 company, <laughs> I'm still looking for mentorship. People I don't am. think about it, right? Like CEOs got it all worked out. You, you already you know everything. To. You have to. So right now I'm seeking mentorship around how to engage external stakeholders in a way that I didn't do before when I was the uh, COO of the company. Uh, how to manage the balance between catering to Wall Street as well as Main Street. Mm. How to balance the dilemma at times of delivering the short term versus the long term. Uh, how to run a purpose-centric organization, prioritizing the mission, the planet, the people, but also delivering on performance. So mm -hmm. with those three, four things that I just went through, you know, who are great mentors, current, former CEOs, uh, the board of directors of Simmer Biomed, uh, which we have a great one, uh, people who have been in this job, uh, people who fail as they move from an operating role to a leadership role. Those are the mentors that I have today. And in terms of sponsorship, uh, is the board. Again, a mentor will show you the way. A sponsor will clear the way. So in many ways, I use my own board here as as my sponsor. They're going to help me navigate some of the uh, challenges that we got. And they're going to clear the way for me to uh, get to do what I do best every day. I love it. Thanks for showing us behind the curtain a little bit that a CEO is a person. <laughs> I'm just a superhuman. Always. You know, <laughs> oh, so good. And so so flipping it on its head. Now you now a CEO, you're probably busier than ever. How do you think about your role as being a sponsor and mentoring others? Yeah. Well, let me let me start with the first part of the question. Uh you'll be surprised. I, I actually think that I'm less busy than I was, you know, three weeks ago. Um, because again, now I get to what uh, I get to do what CEOs should be doing, which is inspiring performance versus managing performance. Mm. So I'm surrounded by great people that are frankly doing all the stuff that I used to do. So no, I don't think that I'm busier than uh, a few weeks ago when I was the uh, the CEO of the company. 
Interesting. Now, yeah. in terms of uh, the second part of uh, the question, I'm always willing and eager to be a mentor to others. Uh, I'd be lying if I were to tell you that I can mentor, you know, 20, 30,000 employees. Um, but uh, sometimes you mentor by the way you interact in global audiences, how you lead by example. So I call that global mentorship, uh, mentorship by presence, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then sponsorship, you know, look, I've been sponsoring people along the way here at Zimmer Biomed. Um, the way that I choose how to sponsor somebody, it has to be a person that has what I call the three C's, as in Charlie, of leadership. First character, mm -hmm. she or he needs to be a woman, man of integrity, of compassion, uh, of ethics, of course, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The second C uh, has to be someone competent. I know you need to be a superwoman, superhero, and be competent at everything. But obviously, you know, to get the sponsorship to do bigger things with the company, you do need to have two, three key skill sets that are going to drive the mission and business forward. And then the third C is commitment. I uh, will sponsor those who have a deep commitment to move things forward. Uh, yep. I don't like to work around people that are just involved. I like to take that to the next level. I want to sponsor people that are committed. So confidence and commitment, easy to measure in some ways because you've got performance reviews, you've got their reputation. Integrity makes sense. And, and character, character, integrity makes sense that, it, that you said it first because it's how important it is. But it's not always, it's, it's not as... Uh, easy to measure necessarily yes. when you, when you yeah. think about someone from a, from a sponsoring or a mentoring perspective, what do you sort of, how do you think about checking that box on character? To yeah. Know? Yeah. Another great question, Ben, uh, other than the obvious, compliant. So obviously right away, you can tell the person is lacking integrity, but the way to check whether somebody is a woman or man of integrity is by being present, being out there, how they talk to others, how they lead. Uh, what do the 360 mm. evaluations say about Ben? Um, how are the engagement scores in the service that we do about Ben? Uh, how does he talk? Is Ben prioritizing financials? Is Ben prioritizing protecting the company, leading with integrity? Uh, is Ben someone who's spending time just dealing with uh, customers, financial people, Wall Street, et cetera, et cetera? Or is Ben also spending time talking about how do we deliver better governance around mm. protecting the company? So it's you know, a combination of factors there. But I would say if I were to give you a short summary in a couple of sentences, be present, talk to people that know Ben, uh, ask people how does Ben lead. Um, and that should be 80, 90% of the formula right there. Yeah, so good. So good. The word I wrote down listening is, being observant. Always. You, have to be, you have to be present to be able to do that. And you're asking yeah. other people. I think that's yeah. helpful if, stuff. If you're sitting in an ivory tower somewhere, uh, you're not asking people how or leaders lead. Uh, yeah, you can miss and cues. Uh, you may promote someone who may have true disease, uh, may have the competences and the, commi and the commitment, but uh, may not have the integrity and the character. Good stuff, Yvonne. Now, let's... Let's rewind the clock a little bit with a question. What was your first job and how does it influence your leadership today? 
Yeah, absolutely. I uh, think back, and this is many years ago, my, I guess, first job ever I, I loved. I was cleaning tanning beds in a town called Brevard in North Carolina. So I came to the U.S. when I was wait, 15 wait. years old. Cleaning tanning beds? That's the coolest job I've had in my entire life, including <laughs> being CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I interacted with all kinds of people. It was fun. It taught me humility. It taught me servant leadership. And they need to always smile to get a, a good tip, which is something that uh, I still do. <laughs> I don't get as many tips as uh, as I did back in North Carolina, but uh, nonetheless, uh, smiling I do every day. And nobody likes to be a grumpy, uh, run a grumpy person. That job actually also taught me the importance of managing the smaller details. Right? Mm. It's need to be clean. Uh, the goggles need to be in the right place. Towels in the right place. So that the customers come back and the complaints do not. Now, beyond that, uh, the job, as I think back about my first real job, uh, early on, I was the CEO of a startup. I was working in a startup environment. Uh, and I will tell you the two things I learned in that job is the value of time and money. Uh, and to this day, almost 30 years later, I run these large companies in environment like it is a startup, paying attention to time and money. Where mm. are we allocating our time? Where are we allocating our money? When you're in a startup that matters a lot, sometimes when you work in a large company, you know, you think it's somebody else's time, somebody else's yep. money. Mm -hmm. I do not. Hmm. So good. So one, I want to commend you on coming up with a response on the first job question that I've never heard in hundreds of CEO interviews. A tanning bed. It could, I didn't, and I had no idea you could learn that much from a tanning bed cleaning job. Nor did I know that job existed. So now I yeah. do. Uh, but also, you know, uh, thinking about what you just said, I think it's powerful. Running your company like a startup, understanding and in prioritizing time and money because in bigger companies, things can get hidden. They can get swept under the rug and you can be spending money on a subscription or a service that the company's not using or wasting it in so many different ways, the bigger a company gets. And keeping that focus on time and money every day uh, is so important. What are you doing in, inside Zimmer Biomet to really help drive the time and money prioritization at all levels yeah. of the company? Yeah, different things. Uh, first, lead by example. Where am I spending my time? So people we know, uh, who am I as a leader? I've been the president CEO of Zimmer Biomet for about two and a half weeks. I spend my time with factory workers. Uh, with employees all over the world, uh, with people here in Warsaw, Indiana, to demonstrate that uh, as the CEO of Zimmer Biomed, I will be involved with the people that uh, deliver our products and deliver solutions to patients. I've been spending time with customers. I've been spending time with uh, sales personnel. Uh, I've been spending 70, 80% of my time uh, with these key stakeholders. I think that's going to signal leadership by example the kind of leader that I'm going to be. Hmm. Now, in terms of, uh, I guess, a general framework in terms of how we manage time or how I think about time is really having the ability to say no and demonstrating the ability to say no. We will say no to hmm. 900 things. I will say yes to three things. I will be OCD about executing those three things. Mm -hmm. I run the segmentation model that I call the 3M model, now, next, and never. There's very few things we got to do now. There's a few that we're going to do next. And there is gazillion things that we are never going to do. And I applaud the courage 
of people when they tell me, you know, we're not going to do that, Ivan. We're never going to win in that space. Well, you know what? Wow. We're not going to do that because it's just way too much. So that's how we create a culture of time ownership, celebrating time and treating time as your best investment ever. You know, it's so cool to hear you say that because I think leaders that are moving into the CEO role, there's a lot of pressure to grow the company, to explore new opportunities, to add, 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 add. And here you are saying, no, 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 focus is key. And the way you do that is by saying no. Correct. I had a great, uh, I had a great professor back uh, in business school that uh, she used to say, to be great, you have to be bad. And what she meant by that is that if you want to be great, that uh, a couple of things that are going to drive your business forward, you have to have the courage. And I talked about courage earlier to say no to a lot of things mm. and be okay going to bed saying, you know what, we're going to be mediocre at X, Y, Z because we're going to be amazing at A, B. Mm -hmm. And truly that is the culture that we're building here. Now, when you work in a startup, uh, that is uh, that is very vivid. Uh, you never, when you run a 50, 100 employee organization, uh, maybe smaller, you're never going to be great in the things that large companies are be great at. But you may be great at innovation because you're going rapidly making decisions. You may be great at problem solving because yeah. you got a smaller group of people solving those problems. And that's why uh, some of these smaller companies do much better than some of the larger companies. And that's why yeah. I want to run, we want to run Zimmer Biomed like a larger startup. Cool. Hmm. When's the time you had an unexpected twist or failure in your career and how did it lead to your success or growth on down the road? Yeah. Well, several examples come to mind, but, but I guess one that I keep thinking about was probably 15 years ago. I was back in Europe, large company. I won't mention the company. I won't mention the boss either, but, but I had a bad boss. And what I will tell you, Ben, is that you learn more from bad bosses than good ones. And I had this uh, individual as my boss that uh, managed by fear mm. and managed by promising things that uh, he or she, I won't say the gender either, could not deliver upon. So mm. working for this untrustworthy boss, I learned the importance of always choosing the boss who you work with for before you choose a job. Um, interview who's going to be your next boss, get to know the boss. And if you ever think that working for that person is not going to be aligned with who you are as a person, in my case, about purpose, it's about uh, helping others. It's about having fun. It's about having a transparent, transparent relationship. Don't join that company. Don't join that boss. So having that boss, uh, a really bad boss, uh, ended up being the reason why I spend these days so much time, not just interviewing direct reports, but interviewing bosses as well. In my case is, what is the board that I'm going to be working with? Who are going to be those around me who are going to dictate, you know, how lucky I am every day, how, how much fun I'm having every day. So that was my experience. Yeah, a lot of wise, a lot of wisdom in that. I've been through, I went through experience where I had several, I got lucky and had several great bosses when I worked in corporate years ago. And then I had one where it was bad and I was in shock and I thought I had interviewed, but obviously I wasn't very thorough in it, but, but because I had a string of good bosses, I knew that this one wasn't a winner, at least not yep. for me, maybe yep. for other people. And I was able to part company fairly well, but I can imagine, especially early in your career, I'm thinking people that are earlier in their career right now. They especially need to hear that because they could end up with some rough situations early on. 
Yep. And uh, man, so much, so much good stuff here. So I want to ask you two quick questions here, Yvonne. Uh, once you, I kind of skipped over what the world needs to know about Zimmer Biomet. So I want you to share a little bit about that and then maybe wrap it up with one of your reporting thoughts here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think that most people know as well. So thanks for the question. A couple of things come to mind. Number one, with a very purpose-centric, uh, mission-obsessed organization. Uh, we were based here in Warsaw, Indiana. Um, and we have operations in about 120, 125 countries. So we're a global company. Uh, number two, we're a Fortune 500 company, large-cap company. Uh, and again, I, I, I imagine a lot of people, including you, maybe didn't hear about Zimmerbaum before. We've been around for about 100 years, uh, all the way back to 1927. And uh, for these 100 years, we've always been committed to our mission of alleviating pain and improving the quality of life for people around the world. Uh, we're a global leader in musculoskeletal solutions. So um, hip, knee, shoulder, uh, cranium, maxillofacial, thoracic solutions, surgical solutions. Uh, we are in those areas, we alleviate pain, and uh, we deal with some of the world's most comprehensive problems uh, with uh, what I would say is the world's best suite of uh, product offerings. We do implants, we have data, technology solutions, we do some diagnostics, and we partner with some of the best companies in the space, whether it's Microsoft, whether it's Apple, whether it's technology incubators, uh, we partner with those organizations. Got a great reputation with uh, some of the largest academic centers uh, on the planet. We're talking the Mayo Clinic, where we're talking uh, the Cleveland Clinic, where we're talking Oxford, Cambridge in Europe, where we're talking some of the... Uh, that's Most great. reputable institutions yeah. in Asia with Ernst. So that's that's who we are. I love it. And so what's our what's we we covered a lot of topics. Quick yeah. recap. I mean, we hit we hit some key traits in leadership that that you hold dear. We talked about the impact of those in the workplace, mentorship, sponsorship, and we went deep on that. You really revealed. Uh, your process for thinking about that, areas you're looking to grow in as an example and how you work with others. Then we hit one of the coolest tanning bed cleaning stories I've ever heard. <laughs> I, may, uh, money. I, I, may, uh, I may retire one day and go back to cleaning tanning beds. I cannot tell you now how you, much of that job. I see uh, your side hustle now. You're going to be investing uh, in tanning beds across there Indiana. You go. As you know. there, there you and, go. and New York. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff here, but you know, kind of bring it all back home. What's the, what's the one idea you want to you want to leave our listeners today? I uh, I want to leave the listeners with uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, stick to those three C's that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Add the character. Uh, become great at a couple of things, knowing that you're not, not going to be great at everything. And whatever you end up doing, just be very committed. Don't be involved. So that's, that's one key takeaway. Number two, and, and I love the fact that you asked me about mentorship and sponsorship. I don't care how committed you are. I don't care how great you are. Without people around you, you will go nowhere. And you got to treat those relationships um, the way that I described earlier, with a lot of discipline. Mm. You know, engaging the right people at the right time uh, and always knowing that you will need to have that mentor. You will need to have that, that, that sponsor. And uh, I guess the last thing I'll say, we didn't really talk about this, but... Uh, Choose a job that doesn't seem like a job. You know, I put a lot of hours. Uh, and that's, I guess, one of the key reasons why I managed to become the president CEO of this company. And the reason why I managed to put a lot of hours along the way, you know, 30 years doing this, uh, other than having an amazing family, an amazing wife, uh, amazing faith, 
uh, is because I always chose jobs along the way that they were fun, that they inspired mm. me, that they were purpose-centric. I tell people, if you ever find yourself saying, I got to go to work versus I get to go to work, switch careers, switch jobs. Uh, if you ever are driving to your job, thinking whether it's a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, go do something else. I can tell you when I drive to work, I can never tell what day of the week it is because I'm really thinking I'm going to be having a lot of fun today. Sometimes I don't know the difference between driving home or driving to work because I'm excited in both directions. If you find yourself that you're not right now having fun, maybe you're driving as we speak somewhere. If you're thinking it's Tuesday, three more days to go, I can't wait for the weekend to come. You're in the wrong job. You're in the wrong career. Do something else. Wow. Bold. And Bold also, it is. Bold it is. Yeah. Straight advice from Yvonne. Yvonne, thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.